Hello, my friend, and welcome to this podcast through a trauma-informed lens, Soma, Psyche, and Soul. My name is Aneta Itchak, and I'm your host here. This podcast is for you if you're a heart-centered practitioner who works or wants to work with clients in a more trauma-informed and somatic way. You might be a coach, a yoga teacher or therapist, a healer, holistic wellness practitioner or a body worker. I welcome you here. In this podcast, we are going to explore how we can connect with and support others from a more compassionate and embodied space and in a way that includes the wholeness of our and our clients' felt experience, in a way that includes our soma, psyche, and soul. I will be sharing with you somatic practices and tools that I teach in our trauma-informed somatic teacher and coach training certifications. And I will be speaking with other practitioners who, like me, are on a mission to create safer spaces and make a real positive impact within their communities and the world. I hope you will join me in this conversation and welcome again. Hello, today I've got a pleasure speaking to Lorraine Rohr, who's a breathwork, yoga and somatics teacher and trainer. Hello, Lauren. Hello, how are you, Aneta? I'm really good, thank you. How are you? Thank you for inviting me. Love talking to you. Not the first time, won't be yes. the last. <laughs> yes, thank you so much for taking this time for our conversation today. It's so lovely to connect with you again and um, checking in how you're doing, how, you know, how is your work going? And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing more today. But yeah. first, I'd love you to just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your work. In uh, 2008, during the recession, I lost all my business. I was in fashion mm -hmm. at the time. <clears throat> but I was doing yoga for 35 years already. Uh, no, no, already. It's 35 years now. I was doing a lot of yoga at the time. And I, it felt like it was the right things to do to start training. So I, 13, 14 years ago, I trained. And I've done a very short course uh, in uh, London. And I uh, started uh, exploring because I fell in love with that practice, the yoga mm. practice. And I started uh, exploring different people, techniques, work. Uh, I stayed in the UK. I'm a very London, UK teacher based. And most of my teachers uh, are also based in, in, in the UK. Um, I... Uh, quickly moved from uh, the more dynamic part, which I was trained at the time in vinyasa kind of work. I quickly moved and got interested with the more subtle practice, mm -hmm. the more um, entropic of practice, such as, well, at the time I encountered people like John Sturk, I encountered people like uh, Sue Sarin, and basically I was interested in Scaravelli yoga. So ah, there was yeah. a lot of, uh, I, I quickly experienced this work and which is, um, was a bit of a shock uh, because I was so, uh, um, how to say that, I was so in the 
way, we have to do one posture in a certain way and a certain alignment, suddenly this uh, Scaravelli Inspire Yoga practice asked me to trim all that away and to start again and to look at it with a different eye. And what it taught me beside that, it told me to be more in tune with the subtle things that make a human being. And one of them is breath. And another thing is our senses. And another thing, it was the, the mind and, and the meditation. And I quickly understood how posture was not that important, really. Which actually, I'm changing my mind now again. But uh, um, at the time, I started uh, working with breath work. And I wanted to do breath work on a very classic way. So I worked with Philip Xeri uh, uh, in a Gitananda um, tradition. And I fell in love with uh, uh, the fun play Gitananda style with different technique. And one thing I really loved about our practice, the Gitananda, was about uh, the, the number of technique which, which helps us to connect with the breath which now I'm using even more when I'm starting working with people with trauma or with uh, mental health uh, conditions. The, the, the Gitananda practice has a very uh, hands-on kind of uh, technique. But, and then, of course, I'm still developing my work. And uh, for the last few years, I've been working with, um, uh, with somatics, I, I don't know, somatics is a very trendy word. It's also a very big umbrella. Let's say that I've been working with Mikhail Af uh, Afkin, which is a, used to be a student of uh, Moshe Feldenkrais. I, I, I'm, I'm not calling myself a Moshe Feldenkrais teacher, but I, my work is very influenced by it. And also I adapt it to the Scaravelli work, I adapt it to my breath work, and I also adapt it to my Hatha work as well. So this is a little bit the umbrella. So a lot of things. It's a big soup of different technique, really. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And, I, you know, it's so amazing living in London. I've lived in London before, you know, for almost 20 years before I moved down to Kent. You've got access to so many different teachers. It's kind of like a center and yoga um, you know, is flourishing in London. So the access to different teachers, different uh, approaches. And I absolutely love, you know, what you were talking about, Scaravelli approach. I know a little bit Scaravelli approach, but from what I know and I understand, it's such a wonderful practice that would really come more under my understanding of somatics um, rather than, you know, the kind of classical yoga like vinyasa or ashtanga um, or ayanga. Um, and I love what you just said, you know, somatics. It's very interesting. Yesterday I saw a post by somebody who um, is a somatic, somatic movement practitioner and trains other people in somatic movement. And, um, you know, her question was, since when somatics equals nervous system regulation? And I could hear the frustration <laughs> in that teacher's voice. And I can relate to it, you know, it, it, when I see people who try to train other people about trauma, but don't have much experience, 
mm. uh, beyond the kind of mind understanding of the of the theories don't have hands of experience on of uh, really doing this kind of work so yes somatics is everywhere and I could you know it is such a big umbrella and it's not just somatic movement it's not just somatic or embodied meditation. There are practices that are amazing for nervous system regulation, but not necessarily all of them are actually good for that. That's true. And also, can we already consider, I always, every time I do something based on somatic, uh, and then I watch yoga and I say, well, yoga is a somatic practice too. If we follow what... Krishnamacharya used to ask people exactly. to do and to feel uh, and, you know, but then, you know, you're looking at all the other kind of technique that you see in Asia, for example, and you got a technique such as chai tzu or, you know, touching technique. And, you know, I think, I think we, we categorize somatic, it's a, you know, this industry love trendy, trendy things. And at the moment, somatic is very trendy. Um, yes. it's a word which is thrown around and uh, people want to use it and try but you know whatever we do in terms of moving the body feeling it understanding it accepting what we're finding in terms of um, resistance or obstacles this is already somatic yes now how do we use it as a tool um, for trauma and uh, and um, what do you call it um over mental health condition that depends on how you've been trained personally i'm not uh, i'm not considering myself as a uh, a yoga therapist with somatic i'd rather open up the doors to a group and if i explained for example breathwork and somatic for stress and anxiety you could be sure that i'm going to have a group of different people with different level of, of mental health issues and um, I am not here to treat them or heal or, or help them to heal, but they know they're going to receive this incredible uh, uh, offerings, um, creation of sequence, which is going to help them. And they're going to go out with a smile on their face. So to me, this is how we're supposed to see uh, all these moving practices. We must be very careful. OK, I'm going to rant now. We're gonna <laughs> go on, go on. <laughs> we have to be very careful. It seems like at the moment every teacher wants to heal everyone. And in the breathwork industry, it's exact because now we could call it breathwork industry. Now it's exactly the same. Mm. It seems like we always to find we need to we want to find a solution for every single illness and condition on this planet instead of opening the doors for people to help themselves and support themselves. With the breathwork industry, it's the same. If you look at the, um, what you call it, the, uh, the Instagrams or the social medias, you got all this magic breathing technique, which is gonna change your life and heal your most uh, difficult uh, uh, respiratory or, 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 or mental uh, conditions. This is not how it works. And this is really scaring me because someone who's throwing this technique to a thousand people out there, few people is going to do it and they're going to do it wrong and it's going to be not safe. And that's yeah. what worries me. Yeah, I so, really hear that. Really hear that because we had this conversation before, you know, how 
there are you know it's often there are so many great practices out there that includes many great breathwork practices out there you can work with breath in so many different ways however the context is really important it's like if we think uh, view things from the systems thinking perspective it's not that this practice is good or that practice is bad it's that is this practice the right practice for the person that I'm working with? And can I do it in a safe way? Does it feel safe for my student or for my clients to do that? And I know from my own personal experience of breath um, and somebody who's been living with anxiety and um, you know who's got tendency to hold my breath really tight, breath can be extremely triggering. And you know, I, I've been practicing for 30 years. I'm used to breath and yet if I'm stressed or if I'm anxious or if I haven't been sleeping properly or I'm worried about something, it's the first thing that goes. And then certain practices for me in that time, much more cathartic practices would make me feel much more uncomfortable and unsafe um, in that moment. So I think, you know, the context and who it is and whether that person can actually do the practice and yes maybe they will have this amazing experience but can they integrate it afterwards or is that gonna make them feel awful or overwhelmed or make them feel very vulnerable or you know self-doubting or really anxious or freaked out all of those questions are are so important it's uh, it's uh, it's all, when when we speak this way, it always remind me that little tell, that little thing what happened to me during the pandemic, and this is a typical example. There was a young in, Indian uh, young man who contacted me, and uh, he said to me, Laurent, can you help me on finding my breath again? So I said, Yes, I I could help you if I can, uh, you know. And I said, What's happened? And he said, well, since I'm 15 years old and the young man was 20 years old, I had a guru in, in, in India, which is I told me that I should be doing Kabbalah Bhati and the, the, the skull shining breath every day for 30 minutes. Wow. And he was doing it religiously because someone told him to do it religiously. Mm-hmm. That man, that young man, created hyperventilation and created some problem with his heart, created an uh, a sympathetic tone in his in his nervous system constantly, so that that young man was high stress and high uh, hyperactive, and he wanted to find his normal breath again. Mm-hmm. So that's a typical thing. You, you, someone throw at you some techniques which are perhaps not uh, good for you, and it's got to be. So what I'm, what we are trying to say together, Anita, I think it's the work we need to do in terms of teachers or. Or, or, or therapists, uh, yoga therapists, or, or, or else um, supporting people in a holistic way. And uh, my trainings change a lot because before it was just breath. Now it's not just breath anymore. Mm. It's body and breath. Yes. The body has to be there first. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love that. And it's, it's well, <laughs> if you think about this, breath is part of the body. They cannot be separate. And it, it just, this whole person approach 
is so important. This holistic approach is so important. Yeah. And so often we just focus on on specifics on one part of it. And you know, I often talk about soma psyche and soul as this holistic approach. And um, I use the word soma instead of body to kind of point that it's a living, breathing organism, that it can self-regulate, but also can cause a lot of pain and it can let you know when something is out of balance or something needs attention. And as human beings, especially in the Western societies, we've just been trained out and conditioned out from trusting our body, treating our body and our breath as an ally and paying attention in a way that acknowledges the wisdom of that body. You know, mm -hmm. and as I, as I said a moment ago, the breath is the first thing. Like I, that's the first thing I notice when I am out of balance. I'm like, really, you know, and then here comes anxiety. It's, I'm up yeah. here. <gasps> hypervigilant you know th there is no breath <laughs> it's fascinating when you start looking at it, it from that perspective and and you know how healing finding your breath again can be sure and i mean in the same times you have to see why some companies want to sell themselves as the magic thing the, the transformation breathing or that kind of stuff why do you think that is i think because it's become breath work at the moment it's becoming a product it's yeah. commercialized yeah okay and of course if i was looking into my list of breathing technique that i'm teaching and I, okay i'm going to choose this one i'm going to make it a big magic wand yes and and, and of course it's it, because i, I to sell your trainings, to sell your courses, to sell your your workshops, you have to have some kind of product. I remember in, when I was in fashion, as my the look in the windows used to be the look to sell. Mm -hmm. We have to be very, very careful that we are not commercializing some technique which has been happening for so many years. And I'm not only speaking about breathwork; I'm also speaking in a somatic world, in in all the in a meditation world. Some yes, people, mindfulness has, has been I was the one say, before. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, mindfulness was a, it's a success product. Yes. Uh, why, why else? Um, I'm trying to think about something else. In, in, in this, this menu, like this. Obviously. Which, yeah, yoga, obviously. Yoga is well, another thing. It is a product. Also. In the 70s, things popped up and uh, we're starting to realize this is going to be good for people with PTSD coming back from uh, Vietnam or from wars and that kind of stuff. And yeah, people at the time believed them. And I, f I believe in mindfulness big time, but use this as a product. And I yes. think at the moment, a lot of people are trying to do the same. They're trying to find a, the product which is going to sell their, their, their offerings. Yeah, I um, think microdosing is another one that I am seeing popping up on my feed a lot. You know, people talking, are you microdosing? Are you... <laughs> What no. is microdosing? I'm uh, sure. using it's it's LSD basically using the oh um, mind altering substances, and obviously I, I don't think it's legal here in UK, but in other countries it is legal. So is that really, back? Because I remember it, it is definitely back. Yes, it was really on seventies and eighties, and then it kind of retreated. And yes, it's back. I'm, People I'm, are talking I'm, lots about it. I'm currently um, uh, reading a, thri a French thriller, which is based in, in India and the killer. 
he's putting his victim into yoga pose and he takes LSD before to take to kill it. So I was like, Whoa. oh, interesting. <laughs> well, entertaining for me to see yoga with another. <laughs> But yeah, I think the the commercialization of a uh, um, um, uh, um, what I'm scared of is the commercialization, uh, uh, and we have to survive. Of course, we have to sell ourselves, but we have to be careful how we sell in it with the yeah. right message. Because if you send the wrong message, then that could hurt someone somehow. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm and this is I teach to my trainees. I said to them. Be careful how you come across. You need to come across as a genuine, authentic, kind, and compassionate person. And that's why I came, when I came to your course, um, in your training, this is why I felt coming from you. I felt safe in your trauma-informed teacher training because I felt very, no, I felt like you, you knew the experience you had behind and I could, I could absorb that with safety. And that's what we need to... That's what we need to come. Uh, we need to 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 teach to not only our trainees but to our students as well and our clients. Yeah, I love that. I love that, and thank you for saying that. This is one of the really important things for me. That you know, there is. It has to be in balance. It has to be this understanding that there are great practices, but it has to be within the context. That I can't promise you magic bullets or magic wand and magic transformation and that it takes time. There is no shortcut. There is not this whiz and off we go and everything is sorted and that it's, you know, baby steps are so important and that, you know, none of us are perfect and we are all in the process of becoming and we have to kind of show up and we have to acknowledge that, you know, it's like yin and yang. There is the light, there is the dark, life is messy, there are challenges. We just had the pandemic. Now we have got the war in Ukraine that, you know, everybody's impacted. People wanted to slow down and now everybody is exhausted because it's back to the same uh, manic pace and hustle and work as it was before the pandemic. But people haven't recovered from the pandemic yet. I agree. And there's there's another thing will come to my mind is the the way we are living. And as you say, we are not slowing down. Uh, we haven't learned from the the, the pandemic time. Um, so people want to learn very quickly. Uh, and and I love the the fact you say the step by step approach and taking your time and not expecting that it might happen magically. Uh, I think uh, we receive so much information very quickly that people want things very quickly, and they're expecting that very quickly. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, uh, oh, your 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 course is it's four weekends. Uh, that's a little bit long. I said, no, that's not. Actually, <laughs> I think it's actually too short. I, I should be doing it in a year. Um, and, you know, I love the training out there, which takes 18 months. This is what we're supposed yeah. to be doing. Yeah. Or two years. Yeah. But I people, mean, the, that's exactly what I've done. You know, the training that you attended, the trauma-informed yoga, which is open to male and female practitioners. It was originally, it was 50 uh, hours. So it was nine uh, nine sessions then it was 12 sessions and then I thought I can't increase it more <laughs> and so I created another training that is 10 months that is much yeah, longer good. you know yeah. and that we go deeper into 
um, into the work, trauma-informed work and somatics and nervous system regulation and working around women and physiology. Yeah. And because majority of my clients are female and I'm a woman and as a woman, as a female practitioner, I want to learn how to support myself well so I can support others mm -hmm. in the same way. So it's very important for me on that level. Yeah, but the practices, you know, trauma-informed practices can be used with men, can be used with women, can be adapted and used with children. I think they they are really amazing practices as long as they are. You know, it kind was a of... really, uh, your, your, your training was a really good pr a platform for me. I didn't want to be, uh, become a specialize in this because I think uh, we, we don't want also over um, uh, uh, put on a pedestal trauma and PTSD, which is another very trendy yeah. word at, at the moment. But it's, it's down there. You could you could we, we, we see it. Me mainly think about my, the breath and how I can uh, adapt it to this. And this is how I realized that the breath um, need to be included with the, the, the movement in the body and in the somatic practice. Yeah. And funny enough, uh, for the summing coming, summit coming next, next um, February. End next of year, February. Next yeah. year <laughs> uh, in February 2024, um, I, um, I already know what I'm going to teach during your summit because... Um, uh, I, I've done a, a week this week about uh, connecting. Mm -hmm. uh, it was the theme of my week. And I've said, okay, connecting, what does that mean for people? They don't know what it means. So it's, it's connecting is another funky word in, in, in the, yoga, the, the yoga industry and in the meditation. So I, I, I use the breath and the body together to work. And, I, oh, and it, it's, not, it's not any pranayama technique. It's something which I put into place because I say, you know what? Someone is not going to be able to sit and do nothing. And we know that. You taught me that. Um, uh, and I said, but the breath is important as well. It's, it's, it's the, that, that connection. Um, and also, I had to think about uh, breath work in, in, a, in a trauma-informed way as well. And that was a really good experience because... Uh, um, I had to watch uh, all the different techniques, not adapting them, but uh, offering them with different words. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So tell us more about this. Well, there are some some which are absolutely not. Uh, um, there are some techniques which are absolutely not uh, appropriate into mm -hmm into the setting of uh, of someone with trauma now obviously i i i like i said i'm not specialized in trauma and but i have people coming in a, in a, in my classes and and say this is happening with me which is really and encouraging to see people actually they're up, up front with it hmm. so I, suddenly this is making me think i said okay this technique i'm not going to offer that today and it's usually things like retention, for example, or yes. or place or, or breathing, which has um, any connotation with um, holding the breath or forcing the breath, which is as a feeling of uh, suffocation kind of thing. Um, however, I spoke with a psychotherapist, actually. I worked closely with somebody else um, because I wanted to know if I was on the right path or not. And... Um, 
there's things which usually make noises or sounds where the sensation is very strong, which um, could be adapted to a person which is um, experienced trauma or PTSD or high stress. Um, so even the 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 the, the Ujjayi breath, for example, which could have been something maybe intrusive, depending how we offer in it and we're explaining it, could be adapted to uh, a trauma-informed uh, setting. Um, anything which involves the hands of the movement, three-part breathing or arm movement, uh, three. I've got all kind of different three-part movement with. Uh, three-part breathing with movement, which helps to connect with the body. The body is always there. The body is, is back. Um, any sound breath is fantastic. Even Kabbalabati, which seems quite a bit of a whoa, strong breathing, depending how you teach it, could be also adapted to this because it has a, a very sensorial um, connection with the body as well. So this thing, there's not many things you can't do but there's many things that you can change. That's yes. the thing. Yes, I love that. I love that. And it is, yeah, I completely agree with that. It's my experience also that it's not that the practice is, uh, you know, not suitable. It's that we have to introduce it in a certain kind of, kind of way. And if we approach it with and we give people uh, instructions in a certain kind of way, we use certain kind of language, we give them permission to stop. If, if it's becoming overwhelming, we do it at the right pace and the rhythm that is right for them. You know, it's coming back to windows window of tolerance and people can expand that because we all can heal and grow and learn. And that's what practice is all about, ultimately, isn't it? It's like you do it first day and you work on it. You keep showing up, you keep practicing, you keep growing, you keep changing. And that's part particularly true with breath. There is one other thing that is very true with breath. Uh, when I, for me, when I think about the breath, that it's because it reflects your state. Mm. Um, it can also, you know, it shows up really quickly because we are always breathing, but we can also through doing those practices on a regular basis, we can then impact how we respond to stress and yeah. how we deal with unpredictable stuff and, you know, when something comes up that we didn't know was going to come up, we have got that resource that we can really easily access. It's not like you have to have some kind of um, weights or even a mat or anything. You've got your breath anywhere yeah. you go. And it's, you know, it makes me laugh that I remember this um, practitioner talking about um pregnant women and uh you know services offered to pregnant women it's like we were laughing that you, usually it's only pregnant women that are taught how to breathe yes <laughs> because during the labor you know it's it might yes. might be useful and then everybody else is just like completely ignored and tell me about it in my last training in london i had a a, a lady which uh, um, was starting of a contraction during my training. 
Oh gosh. And she and we were learning breathing technique, and I could see things was a little bit sort of unsettled with her, but she didn't want to go yet. She was starting having a contraction. And she said to me, Laurent, my God, I used the breathing that we learned during the training and I put it in places there and it really helped me. Right. So she's a bit of a mascot. But yeah, um, yeah, you you you're right. With the, the breathing has to, but I in the same time, I don't want to glorify the breath work, although I am. You know, I should be glorifying it to sell my trainings or my classes and my classes. But again, I, I this is why I, 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 I now putting a massive part. I would say a good, if I'm thinking in terms of quarters, a quarter of the, the practice is based on the body with the breathing as well and the movement. We have to. Brilliant. To keep safe the, the, those people who need to be feeling safe during our classes and 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 and, and at um, our courses and etc. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's important. This is the thing. Sometimes I see things online and, and I'm horrified. And it, it always reminds me that young uh, young Indian man which has to recover from from a breathing taking itself. We had to go back to the body first. Yeah. to do this that was the recovery system then he came back to his normal breath yeah i think this is you know it's so much it just makes me think of what we were just saying you know it's so important for us as trainers mm. uh, as practitioners who uh, teach others or mentor others or support others uh, in their work um, to actually be very mindful about how we do that. You know, it reminds me of um, when I was still had my yoga studio, yoga and wellness studio um, in my town, and I had to go away and I asked somebody to cover for me. And it was uh, a male practitioner who trained in his 50s in India. And, it, you know, his training was very different than mine. His approach was very different than mine. My students were really used to the way that I was teaching with, you know, giving a lot of permission and guiding them, giving them options and, you know, with a lot of mindfulness and loving kindness. And whereas his teaching was very strict and, you know, I was away for one weekend and I had four emails from my students saying, oh. you know, I almost walked out. He he was telling us, no, you're breathing wrong. This is not it. He would, he stopped the class, got somebody to do sun salutation on the own where everybody else watched. And I think it's, it's this kind of understanding that within the context that actually, you know, the way that you are trained that's how you will teach and yeah. this is why for me it's so important that you know all practitioners understand about stress about trauma about mental yeah. health uh, about the importance of um collaborating and giving people choice and because you mentioned ptsd you know when you think about ptsd that's a small percentage of our society it's like two and a half to three and a half percent but that's what we think when we think about trauma but actually mm -hmm. 90 to 95 percent is the the number you know percentage of population that experienced traumatic events that still might be showing up in their physiology in their identity in the choices that they make in their relationships so it's not like people arrive and they leave they 
<laughs> baggage, they take the rucksack, leave it at the door, come in and they engage with you. They bring the fullness of them with you. And, you know, you don't have to be a specialist in trauma, but you need to be trauma aware. And, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. whether it's breath or it's movement or it's meditation or, you know, because all of those practices might be challenging what I, for different I, people. I sensitize people during the training. Every time it comes, obviously, with a contraindication uh, during each technique they learn, <clears throat> each breath has contraindications and obviously we explain the science behind it. Not every technique has a science behind, but I started implementing a little bit the idea of the breath, the, the, the trauma-informed breath into each technique. And I said, this could be good for, for that. Although I'm always thinking there's, I, I'm still, I haven't offered that yet, but I think there's a, a, a two or three hours workshop just on that. And right. I might do that in the future very soon actually it's it's in plan but i haven't finished this but i still starting bringing okay you could if you and i also what, what's very difficult for the trainees and the people learn it's not uh it's how to which words using as well to you know and and um opening the doors to a safe place so you know uh, if it's not good for you please do this or using the right verb or the right name word which is going not going to trigger anything or you know yeah. if you uh, 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 all that to be honest with you i i do exactly the same thing when i train people in the nidra tutor training because i um you know again we have people here we are coming and we have to make sure they are safe on there it's about safety it's it's about it's a this is why it becomes very difficult to teach this is you have to have multiple mind you have to give multiple cues into a big a big group you you want to cover your 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 safety net above everyone by using different way to speak to different kind of people in a room that's why it's important to teach people during a training doesn't matter yes. what a training is physical breathing or meditation because meditation as well could be a bit of a triggery thing as well Completely. Yeah, I love that. And and I guess there is, you know, that following from what you just said, it's also difficult to teach, um, you know, because there is a fine balance, isn't it? If I think about this, it's like, yes, you have to provide the safe container. And yes, you have to use certain kind of language and follow certain principles like collaboration and choice and, uh, you know, trust and safety. But at the same time, you have to work, find that balance with um, giving permission to your students and your clients to take personal responsibility because you are not yeah. a therapist. And so it's this fine balance of how do we do that? What is the element of uh, also building a, a space for them to create more resilience as well? Yeah, completely. An experiment. Exactly. Sometimes, you know, it's so, this is my issue with this. We, we, we tend to cocoon too much as to John and you know great my eyes are on you I'm here you're in a safe place but 
you know, you could experience. Please do try to go into one foot and maybe fall over. You know, it yeah. doesn't matter. It's yeah. this is going to build your nervous system and your vestibular system, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, I think sometimes we have to be careful to over cocoon. Again, I remember. I agree. I have, I have that in my mind. That young. That no, actually, she was not. She was in a in a. She was middle age, and uh, she came to me and she said. Uh, uh, this is happening with me. I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing trauma and I'm working with someone and da, 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 da. And my, I remember my, it was one of the first time uh, that I was faced with this. And I remember being pro overprotective. And I was mm. like, Nana, and she kind of made me understood, get out, you know, let me, let me do my thing. And, you know, obviously I, no touching and all that kind of stuff. And, and I re this has taught me a lot. It taught me the fact that they're adults as well. They're experiencing emotions and 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 difficult time moments, thoughts, and this is something what happened to me on yoga nidra session as well. When I say always say to people, if something happened on on the floor, open your eyes. You know, you're free to move. Obviously, don't disturb the person next to you, but you're free to do whatever you. I think we we overprotect sometimes, and we must be careful of not doing that. We're keeping an eye on them. We keep eye on, on our student, but um, we we want to let them experience getting their own experience. That's how they're going to grow. Yes, in a, safe, in a safe environment. Yes, I so agree with you. It's like we we provide that safe space, and yeah. this is why you know finding for me keep continuously saying to people it's like be curious it's that yeah. curiosity to the present moment what's possible well let's just try it don't say i can't do it <laughs> let's just try it you know what's the version that you can try mm. how can you engage with it yourself it's like because very rarely people will say no there is no way i'm gonna do that they will normally try a little bit and and you know practice and and that reminder you know if something is new to you a practice the breath work the movement um the meditation um if it is new to you of course it's going to feel unfamiliar and weird of course it's going to feel like oh no no this is not for me can you be curious here can we just see what's possible and then you know, we experiment, it becomes more familiar and you grow and learn from that. This is a, okay, so if I have to um, say a tip to young teachers, I possibly would say to them, don't jump into the our training in a way. You know, we want we want our customers. I think they need to experience them themselves as a teaching thing. They need to be aware of a bit of psychology of a yoga studio or a private class, um, because that is not an easy thing to do uh, to yeah. to 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 bring that set. There's another thing also uh, which I push, no push. That's that's things very harsh. <laughs> But which I recommend people to do is to communicate with their students and their clients at the end of a class or or, or even a, with a private asking question. Because at yes. the end of the day, you could learn so much from a handout, but you're going to learn much more from your student and your clients. So communication is so, so important. I always learn from my client. I, I learn, I just came back from a retreat teaching. I learned from them here. We had some conversations and 
And, and I think this is a very important thing. It's, and you know where are going to be the boundaries. You know where are going to be uh, the things you need to change in the next class. And you know what you need to do, which is uh, maybe a little more safe, more, you know, uh, I think this is this is a, an important thing, and this is why I learned through my life. I had a gradual my career of teacher. I had a gradual uh, conversation, not only not only with the teachers, my teachers, but especially with my with my students and my clients. I have a, a strong communication with them, and this is very important. Yeah. Very very important. I love that. I love that, and it actually comes across, you know from speaking with you it's 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 all about the relationship and yes. it's something that you can't learn from books something no. that there is no shortcut for you just have to show up build those relationships with some stuff you will say i'm never again gonna do this yeah. <laughs> or this is how i'm gonna approach it in the future you know the same with boundaries like you can promise yourself that you're going to have clear boundaries and when it comes to being in relationship with somebody you either hold those boundaries in a flexible way or you completely uh, trample over them yeah. <laughs> or yeah. sacrifice those boundaries for something else and you but can only learn in that relationship about yourself and your boundaries yeah because we are no god or gurus and of we course we could wobble a little bit. <laughs> you yes. know, it's, it's okay to make mistakes and learn from them and to be humble with it. Yes. I yes, always I remember can. in my teacher training, I, mm -hmm. one of the things I remember, say you need to be, I remember that's something, uh, uh, humility, it's a very important part of uh, us as being uh, yoga teachers. So so we could absorb other learnings as well, not just the teachers, but uh, from, from around us. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I see it in in very similar way. And I think the moment you start thinking that you know it all, that you're really fixed, that you know, that you have it all sorted, I think life will come and show you otherwise. So yeah. Okay. So Lauren, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. I absolutely love talking with you and exploring the subjects. Um of breath work and movement and what's happening within the industry and uh, our approaches. Thank you so much for taking time to chat with me. And if people wanted to find out more about your work, where can they find find it? Well, simply the, the, the website, uh, mm -hmm. everything is on there from uh, course and workshops for the public online or uh, in studios i do a bit of both because we still have the online work around at the moment and uh, teacher training as well which are up and coming there's one coming this october and november for breath and there's one coming in yoga nidra uh, for uh, january and february next year uh, and i'm planning a, a residential one uh, for an in, uh, intensive immersive breath work next in july so i'm planning a few things next week and next year which might change a little bit away I'm, I'm offering my training so the website is i think that's important isn't it yes it's uh, yoga and laurent in one word so my first name laurent l-a-u-r-e-n-t dot com everything is on there everything is explained and um uh, i do testers for the teacher training there's one 
uh, there's a few upcoming in October and for the graph work. If not, you could just call me as well. I like uh, a Zoom. Uh, I like uh, 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 a conversation on the phone. Let's see if you have a, qu a question. I, I, I don't. The training is not just for the teachers. It's for therapists. I've got nurses. I've got people who want to do something new. I've got. Uh, health carers, a math massage therapist, all kind of people are coming to this. Um, so yeah, yogalaurent.com is the best. And obviously um, on the Instagram, yogalaurent. Yoga, it's all yogalaurent, basically. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you, Lauren. And um, thank you again for taking time to chat and today. And since you're going to be on my podcast, how <laughs> can we find your trainings? Sure. So similar to you, um, you can find all the information on my website, uh, which is Aneta, I, so my first name, i.co.uk. Um, there are a couple of trainings that I run currently, which is trauma-informed yoga and embodied resilience teacher training, uh, which is 80-hour training. Um, that's for qualified yoga teachers and therapists. And then I also run a bigger training, which is 160-hour trauma-informed somatic teacher and coach for women. And that's um, in-depth training running over okay. nine, 10 months for female practitioners, not necessarily yoga teachers. Again, I have got psychotherapists, uh, nurses, um, holistic practitioners, body workers. Um, yeah, so if you want to find out about the trainings that I provide, you can go to my website and I'll be very happy to connect with you and chat further. Well, we, we, we both going to put uh, each other details in the text below the podcast and on our website anyway. So that's uh, right. Yeah. I had a great time. Thank you great. very much for inviting Thank me. Thank you, me too. And then we'll do it again. Maybe we could speak about a summit next time, which is coming yes. up. And so I'm looking forward to take part of that in 2024, February 2024. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Lauren. And I look forward to connecting more. Take care. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you are interested in our training certifications at Golden Mandala Yoga Soma Institute, I invite you to visit our website, www.anetai.co.uk, where you can find all the information about our training certifications, uh, trauma-informed somatic teacher and coach for women and trauma-informed yoga teacher, as well as thriving business mandala coaching program. I look forward to connecting with you more.